Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's episode of the Imaginary Movie Podcast, a podcast where we watch a movie and then we talk about it. My name's David and Sam. Aren't you a little old to be having wet dreams? <laughs> no. Um, my name's uh, Sam and Rob Schneider is a massive racist. <laughs> I'm not sure that's funny, Sam, but okay. Um, it's just a statement of fact. It's a statement of fact. <laughs> it's good to know. Uh, so we are this week. We watched a, a an Adam Sandler vehicle, um, Fifty First Dates, which released in two thousand and four, I believe. Um, apologies from our our dear friend Ross, um, who couldn't be here today. I was going to make the wet dream joke about him. I just wanted you to know that, um, mm. but, but he wasn't here. So well, I I appreciate being your second choice of wet uh, wet dream jokes. Yes, Fifty First Dates. This is two thousand four's finest. Um, vintage <laughs> that we this get is to. kind of an old-fashioned movie, um, and I'm going to justify that. And I'm not sure. I feel free to argue with me because the further I get into this sentence, the less sure of myself I am. Um, <laughs> but this is a movie starring Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore, who who I hadn't mentioned. Um, and I feel like that's kind of where <laughs> where the the saleability of this film begins and ends. Mm-hmm. And I'm, and I'm not sure we get movies like that today. And obviously we probably do. I'm just not... They're not for me. But this is a movie for like... Oh, I like Adam Sandler. Oh, I like Drew Barrymore. Let's go and watch that. That's going to be light and funny and, and all of that. And Well, well, it's... it's it's the, You know, it's the wedding singer, isn't it? That's where the, that's where those two first hit it off um, in, their, in that, that very, very successful um, romantic comedy. And then from there, I think... I think Drew Mar- Barrymore even you know contacted Adam Sandler about this mo- this movie after seeing the script. So I think there is like a it is a very much of a Sandler Barrymore vehicle, uh, and that's 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 what that's what's you know the on on the front of the of the um, of the box in blockbusters. Yeah, it's a really so age. Can but, we talk about can we talk about like because I don't think we've done a Sandler film before. No. Um, and can we talk about Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore? Two separate conversations. The Adam Sandler conversation is like... <laughs> who name me, an Adam, who, who, name who, me who? an Adam Sandler film that is critically positive, like that like critics enjoyed. I'll wait. Um, Adam Sandler movies... That, I mean... I, the the critics liked. The critics liked, right. Um, There's one answer, and it's Uncut Gems, which came out last year. Uh, and uh, everything else, pretty much every movie he has ever made, is panned by critics. Like, what about, uh, about 2011 Jack and Love. Jill? What about 2011 Jack <laughs> I was talking to um, Harry about this uh, yesterday, because um, he said, oh, why didn't you do Jack and Jill? And I said, I have never seen Jack and Jill. I assume it's the worst thing ever made. Uh, where Three, 3%. Three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Three percent. Presumably, it's... those three percent are like Adam Sandler's parents, you know, or cousins. Was Adam Sandler, and then Adam Sandler dressed as a woman. He, he is. He is one of those actors. I just. I just fundamentally do not like. And every single movie that he's in, I find somehow objectionable. And he's in a lot of films. Like he really um, is in a lot. I of I find films. a lot of his films quite plainly objectionable. Sam, it's not somehow about it um the most egregious example for me i think is probably i now pronounce you chuck and larry yes which is one of the most racist homophobic and just startlingly unfunny films i've ever seen 
Yeah, which is a good description, actually, of this movie as well, in a lot of ways, <laughs> 51st Dates. In this film, um, we, we follow the, um, the tales of Henry Roth, who is a man afraid of commitment until he meets the beautiful Lucy. They hit off, and Henry thinks he's finally found the girl of his dreams until discovering she has a short-term memory loss and forgets him the next day. And it's, you know what it is? You know what it is? It's a really, actually, quite good idea for a movie. You know, it's it's a it's an interesting novel idea that kind of like skirts around being a little bit scientific. Perhaps. It's Groundhog Day. This film is it shares a lot of DNA with Groundhog Day. It is, yeah. But 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 have but the brain injury, you know, the the, the which is the peak of comedy. Let's be clear. Um, brain injuries is. It, Why it do we add... find brain injuries so funny? I know. I really don't know. But but this film does certainly does. There's a lot in the here, I think, that is uh, that is an interesting idea, and it's one of those scripts I think was probably floating around Hollywood for quite a while, and then, you know, eventually, as I say, I think Barrymore kind of got wind of it, and then spoke to to Sandler about maybe taking this on. Yeah, it's, it's one it's one of those spec scripts that was written without a star in mind, which happens quite a lot in Hollywood. Yes, um, I think. Less so with like big vehicles, and and you know more so with 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 stuff like this. It's somewhat disposable. Someone writes a script, and then like they go, well, who could we have? Who you know who's hot right now? Basically, is the answer. And in two thousand and four, it's Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler. Who's God, hot? What, what a Sandler. different time. I know who's hot than Adam Sandler. I mean, fucking. But the thing is, though, Adam Sandler remains. Adam Sandler's not a good-looking man, right? It's not just me that thinks that. Objectively, I don't think so. Adam Sandler is not a particularly attractive man. No, I don't think so. I mean, but, fortunately, but, he's a millionaire, so he's fine. Don't worry about Adam Sandler. Yeah, he'll be all right. But I think I think what he what he is able to do, though, he is able to carry a movie. Whether or not you think that's a really, really good um, thing, or, or, or whether or not he can carry it in a way that is actually any good. However, he, you know, from, from the 90s, up until pretty much today, he has been consistently able to, uh, you know, a, a take a film and really kind of like deliver it and, and get the money and get all these things. Like he's able to do that as well as being qu- quite influential behind the scenes. Well, I think yes, most, most the... of the time he's playing, he's playing someone with a learning disability. You know, yes, yes, most of the time he's pretty racist. A very sexually accomplished man who's quite racist and homophobic with a learning disability, Sam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's the all sexiest these, learning disability, sexlexia. There's, there's, there's every single offensive fucking trope that you could possibly imagine. And they're all perpetuated by Rob Schneider. They're all perpetuated by Rob Schneider. Famous racist Rob Schneider. But, but there's... Um, <laughs> please don't sue me, Rob. But there's also <laughs> you've got other things, Sam. What's he gonna have? Yeah, and he's not listening to this. But but there's there's, there's also there's also so we, we we have got this good idea, and actually, you know, Adam Sandler is a thing. Drew Barrymore, however, I I really generally quite like as an act, as an actress. I think she's um, really really quite interesting, and she always has kind of roles that you would. That can be quite surprising as well. Like it isn't just the same old, the same old stuff for her. She's able to to deliver quite a lot, and um, you know, obviously, famed child actor and all that stuff. So well, we we watched um, "It's a Wonderful Life" starring her great uncle. Yes, or something. Yes. We touched on it in that episode from the Barrymore family of actors, Hollywood um, royalty, Hollywood as, royalty, um, as usual. But, like you know, a, a pretty decent. Um, 
actor, like considering that she was a child actor, which doesn't usually mean great success in later life as a rule. No. I mean Macaulay Culkin being the the sort of poster boy of, of wild child actors are <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. messes. And um yeah, like E. T. and stuff, you know. Like she's always she's always been she's always been really good, I think, as one of those as one of those um those kind of like Hollywood careerists, do you know what I mean? Like who's just who's, who's who's in a lot of films and, and does a good job. She was very much like of her time. She did a you know a lot of films around the sort of early two thousands, late nineties. That's kind of like, and then she went away. I think she did actually a Netflix show not that long ago. But do you know yeah. what I mean? She's she was very very big, and then like unfortunately because she's a woman, Hollywood isn't okay with <laughs> apparently uh, it's getting better we would hope but um you know women getting older and still being starring actors mm-hmm. she i mean she's also yeah she's she's a one of, one of those poor child stars who was like in, in rehab i think i think she's quite recently spoken about hasn't she her mother yeah. put her in rehab and stuff because she was like she had you know she was a bit off the rails but then kind of uh to you know manage to divorce her parents or whatever it is that they that they do um um yeah you know, so it's it's, so it's, it's a real i'm sure thing. we'll talk about it more as we go along yeah um, anyway but but this film but, also stars by the way um <laughs> sean astin another fe- very obviously prominent child actor um and just as a little bit of trivia for everyone here um, this film was released one year after they wrapped. The, uh, they've released the final Lord of the Rings film. I can only think that this is. He had made. He made two other movies between the Return of the King and this movie. Yeah, I, I can only imagine that this is this and those two other movies, which I'd like to look up. Um, that this is some form of therapy for Sean Austin <laughs> because because. I mean, you're in you're in one of the biggest franchises, one of the biggest, and you know, critically acclaimed movies, uh, a trilogy of movies as well. You know, Fellowship is an absolute marvel. The other two are really good as well, and you spend all this time covered in dirt and with these fucking stupid feet on, you know, walking around <laughs> w- walking around Middle Earth, and you think, well, how? What am I going to do after that? What am I going to do after my millions and millions of dollars? My residual checks are coming in so fast, I can't actually get to the bank in time to to, to cash them. And you think, well, what are you going to do? You're going to star in a fucking movie called Fifty First Dates with Adam Sandler, where you're going to debase yourself. Um, the other movies, Dave? The other movies are um, ellipses, ellipses, ellipses. Oh, come on, I give you plenty of time. Elvis there. has left the building, right. uh, which I've never know. ever heard of. And an animated uh, movie called Balto Three: Wings of Change. Um, so, but so basically, I think he was like happy enough not to, you know, not to be really. That. I think it was a like uh, an attempt to kind of avoid the uh, typecasting is a big thing in Hollywood, and mm-hmm. and Sean Astin, I think, has you know, he came out of doing the Goonies and Rudy when he was a, a you know young, very young, and and those you know Goonies especially is a very. Um, you know, uh, very big in the cinema culture. Um, so he kind of been very inventing himself for Lord of the Rings to a certain extent. And then after Lord of the Rings, there's obviously that, like, right, well, I need to now accept any role to, that's not, not anything like this. And yeah. this role in this mo- movie could not be further from Samwise Gamgee. 
It's it's kind of weird, isn't it? And again, we'll maybe go into it as, <laughs> we, as we the go lisp. Into. Why the lisp? Where is that coming from? It's obviously Adam Sandler's input, but like. Why are, why why are disabilities funny to Adam Sandler? Why does he think nothing's funnier than someone having a lisp or a limb? Yeah, the, li- the lisp is is incredibly incredibly egregious. I mean, it really is just one of those one of those bizarre choices in the movie that, that's so distracting, but not in a, not in a way that you think, "Hi, it's funny," because it just takes you out of the movie every single time. Because you're like, "Why why is he doing that? Why is he actually lisping right now? It's bizarre. It's totally totally bizarre." But anyway, enough of the preamble. We've talked about the the little people. Let's now. get into We're... this plot, Sam. Because I no, have no, 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 no. Let's talk about the man himself, the absolute MVP of this movie and any movie that he's ever in, ladies and gentlemen, Robert Michael Schneider. What? <laughs> what is, what get is going on the in this film? Fuck out of my movie, Robert Schneider. I have and... a real thing about Rob Schneider. I don't think he's funny. He does the same bit. I think you're right. I think he's incredibly racist. Um I just don't think you could do all I mean, the racial I don't know stereotypes the guy, right? that he does without being a racist. I don't know the guy and and and, and yes he may have got into a Twitter spat, you know, about the civil rights movement. You know, let's not let's not let that sully our um our hero's reputation. But this, you know, what's funny? So in this movie, he plays he plays someone from Hawaii. He plays a native Hawaiian man, and um, he's not from Hawaii. Rob Schneider has absolutely no connection whatsoever to Hawaii. Um, I think he's like he's got a like Jewish and Catholic parents, and you know, there's no. Um, I think he's half Filipino or something. Yeah. So basically, there is no involvement here whatsoever, and so he plays this. This really like I don't think it's I don't think it's particularly mean spirited. I just think it's like why the fuck did you not just get? I think this is an example of like of because Adam Sandler employs all of his mates. Adam Sandler always employs all of his mates. That's what he does. It's and and part of me is like oh you go on but stop releasing these films to cinemas. (laughs) Like if you just want to make a movie with your friends, do it. But then don't shove it down my throat. Um, but like Rob Schneider, don't make is, us watch it on the podcast, Adam Sandler. How exactly, dare you? exactly. But Rob Schneider is one of these people who I just he does the same bit in every movie. In but in this movie, I think you're right. I don't think this character is particularly mean spirit towards Hawaiians. I think this character is supposed to be funny because he's a stoner. That's where the humor is supposed to be coming from. And it's just but so but but before yeah but before we get move on to that because I think. Let's, well, let's I have do... a Rob Schneider VHS bit if you want. If you want that, well, we'll come to it. Let's do. Let's do the top. Let's do the top five or so um, racist characters that that Rob Schneider's played. Um, Yellow facing. I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. I'm gonna. I'm, well, I'm gonna. I'm gonna cue the, the. I'm gonna cue some music behind this in the edit. And we've got. So we've got number one. We have to say I pronounce you Chuck and Larry. Where he literally plays um, an Asian. It's not really cool. <laughs> Sure, which big which teeth, part of Asia? Big teeth, make yellow makeup. It's it's, it's Bob it's, haircut. It's sixty years out of date. It's sixty years out of date, and even then, in like Doctor No, you know, we thought, mm, really, really, <laughs> we're doing that. Okay, he plays a Native American in um, Bedtime Stories, which is great, which is really funny. Don't mess with Zohan. He plays a Mexican guy. Um, Oh, sorry, sorry. He, made, he plays an Israeli counter-terrorist. And don't mess around. Then we get Hawaii in this. 
um, and then we get another Arab in uh, in click, and then we get the next skin in uh, Ridiculous Six. So, and this isn't even the fucking end of the list. You know, Screen Crush <laughs> just goes on and on and on. And I just think, honestly, what the fuck is he doing in this movie? Not only is it distracting. Sorry, not only, is it, not only is it offensive, it's also just distracting. Every single scene that he's in is just like, it's like we could have cut this, we could have reduced the runtime by about eight minutes. Right, Sam, and- me and you are just going to do a little a little skit here. We're going to do a we're going to do every scene, an example of every scene that Adam Sandler and Rob Schneider are in are in. So um, I'm going to be Rob Schneider and you're going to be Adam Sandler, right? Okay, I don't. I, I'm a bit nervous about where this is going, but go on. Oh, Henry, I'm so high. Laugh track. Uh, why are you so high, bro? Because I smoked a load of weed. Ha 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 ha! That's it. <laughs> Finn. That is every single scene he's in is just like. But it, you're right, it is distracting and it's like, what? It doesn't really belong in this movie. And what it does is it, it cuts down the amount of time that Drew Barrymore gets to be in this movie. And like, that's where you kind of have a movie is between Adam Sandler, who I think is actually quite a capable actor who makes terrible decisions and lets his friends be in all of his movies. Yeah. Um, did, did you notice Kevin James at the start very quickly? I, I didn't, um, uh, although he, you did remind me. He's in, he's in, so the, the, at the beginning of the movie, and let's maybe, let's let's get into that, this is the start, we get to hear about all these women who just love Henry Roth and they will go on holiday to Hawaii and you know, because you know what women love—they love, they love just a guy, just to be, just having sex with them for a weekend, and then that's it. No commitment. <laughs> do you know what, no do you know what they really, really love, Sam? Um, is is Jewish guys with weak chins? That's what they really, really love. <laughs> Stop making me laugh. I'm sore. Uh, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> You're recovering from surgery. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. But but so so yes, and so we, we and we get this like montage of him, including some old women as well because that's funny and then we get kevin james in there you know because as you say we, we gotta we gotta give everyone um everyone that, that adam sandler knows a little i'm just little really really thankful me. that um david spade doesn't turn up in this i just i'm sure it was i'm sure it was cut in the edit you but know, in this film is, is a different a different kind of example because what we get is we get we don't get a lot of the sandler gang but we get a lot of Rob Schneider to make up for the fact that yes. we don't get a lot of the Sandler gang, and it's yeah. kind of like the Sandler ratio is, is, is <laughs> in his contract. You can yeah. either have like you can have six of your mates appearing in in really minor roles, or you can have Rob <laughs> Schneider being like the Racist. secondary, the, the second biggest role in this movie ahead of Drew Barrymore. Rob Schneider needs to be absolutely as racist as possible, <laughs> or or we get in all of them. In. All right, that is my that is my terms, and I will not budge on that. I will not budge on that. Um, I think Kevin James was doing King of Queens around this time, uh, still. So he was probably busy, otherwise he would yeah. have been on the plane to Hawaii. Yeah, I imagine so. Um, so that sets up that sets up Henry Roth as this womanizer. Now, fundamentally, from the beginning, this is I think a mistake. Let's not never mind the offensiveness of where else for now, but let's just talk about the structure of the film because. The idea, I suppose, was to redeem Henry. Like that's 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 his arc is that he starts off at the beginning as a womanizer. We see this montage, and um, we also see him taking out this girl later on. And you know, like he's 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 giving her, he's buying her non-alcoholic drinks so that she doesn't get too wasted, so that she he can he can have sex with her. 
Like there's all this just huge levels of ma- manipulation, which I think even for 2004 would have been bad. I, I, I mean, I can't imagine. I mean, I will say, I think it would be worse if he was trying to get her drunk. I think that's maybe more problematic. Yeah, possibly. All right, we'll give him that. Well done. <laughs> but but it's it's this it's this opening introduction to the character that I think number one for me you just saying well you're just a dickhead and maybe that's my super woke 2020 view um <laughs> like showing up but I think even fundamentally I think just it, it's not a good thing to make your main character at the beginning really quite obnoxious well they don't and, they don't have the time to do it properly is the yes. problem they don't have the time to really establish that this guy's a scumbag but also not a cartoon character because they want to be moving along with the various other disparate elements. I mean, they hired a they hired a walrus. They've got to use him, you know. He's only on the set for four days. They've got to get all that shooting done. Mm-hmm. So they kind of have that one montage at the very beginning. I think the film opens with like the oh, I met this guy on holiday, and then it, it like you said, it, it, we get this rotating, you know, booth of of, of different women um, talking about talking about his character, and that's how we learn he's a scumbag. We get one scene. I'll admit, which I'll admit did get a laugh out of me, where he's pretending to be a spy so he can ditch this woman. Um, but like, it's, then it's we, without funny. that, and that's kind of like, with it, with the exception of that scene in the bar with with the other woman later on, where he's where they're drinking non-alcoholic drinks. That's kind of all we get of Henry Roth, the womanizer. Like the film has to use a sledgehammer to tell you that at the very beginning because it yeah. doesn't have time between fucking Rob Schneider like sketches to tell the rest of the story yeah i think that's a really good point because it's it's like if you're gonna if you're gonna try and do this then you you need to make him much more nefarious now as the film goes on and eventually he he meets lucy played by drew marymore like straight away he sees a pretty girl and he thinks right i'm gonna try and conquer that except she's an islander so that's the difference is that she actually lives on the island so she's not. Don't you know, worry, she, though, Sam. She's white. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's 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 she <laughs> she lives in that. So she's not actually that. Um, I just wanted to be clear. Drew Barrymore isn't in um, in, in Hawaiian makeup. In this. Right. Yeah, that's good. At least, <laughs> at least. I mean, I'm sure Sandler mentioned it, and she kind of like resisted that. <laughs> Adam, you're so funny. Yeah. Let's, but but so but so it's, it's kind of like a bit of a problem for the film because. Straight away, you're like, well, what are you going to do then? And like, what what are you going to be doing? Because this doesn't fit with your mo. You know, you're the one who's going around like fucking all these tourists because it's easier than. Well, the movie sets up in that first portion. It sets up Adam Sandler's um, wants and ambitions. So we see him having not, you know, we, we it's established he's having sex with all these tourists and that, you know, he's not attached to any of them. And then we see him at the zoo with the walrus. We get a lot of that as well, um, almost as much as Rob Schneider. Um, and then we're on the boat, and we kind of get the... I actually quite like the captain's log bits. I, they really got a laugh out of me. Um, <clears throat> a real, real Star Trek sort of thing going on. Yeah, because he's, he's got this boat, and he wants to he wants to you know leave the island and become as... You know, I don't know what he wants to do. He wants to go and study walruses, but he's got yeah. to, like... For some reason, rather than applying for research grants, which is what you do when you want to go and study wildlife and things like that he is having to single-handedly um rebuild this yacht to mm-hmm. sail to the north pole question mm-hmm. mark there's a lot of holes in this but if you accept the premise 
that Adam Sandler's ambition is to leave the island and he doesn't want to get tied down. And so he's having sex with all these women, but he wants to repair this boat and he wants to go to the North Pole because he's passionate about animals, which is kind of like the nugget of, like, he's not all bad that we get. When he meets Drew Barrymore, it then becomes like... It kind of hinges on that one scene, and I think they do an okay job. They basically have to have this thing where he meets her and, like, you know, he has this spark with her when they have, you know, they're having breakfast and stuff. And it's quite genuine, that scene. And then, so then he's sort of like, his focus changes to, like, oh, I must, I must, I must have this woman. Because it's 2004. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and I think, so, uh, for me, it's just a bad introduction to the film. And I think in a, a, a better one, a better one, and we can start talking about Lucy now, but is to introduce the movie from her point of view. Like, the whole movie I think should be from her point of view. The, well, exactly. I, I, I think it should be a movie about her. It should be a movie about... And I don't necessarily mean start with the crash and go from there, but have her as the central character that we... That, that, that's, that, that's the lens that we're given. And, and, and almost, almost have it as a bit of a mystery. Keep comedy there, fine. And I think maybe this started off as more of a dramatic movie and then, you know, Sandler came in and sledgehammer nut um turned it into a comedy movie but have it i think the 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 interesting part of the films are the bits where we're exploring her life what's her life like living with this um anti-grave amnesia because that is the that is the interesting part of the film as fundamental as that is to the movie what they try and do is they try and match that with sandler and his thing, womanizing, whatever it is, he he wants to go on a fucking boat. Who gives a shit? They try. They, they, both of those things in, in the movie's mind, you know, the way the, the way the movie's presented, both of those things are presented equally. And it's like, actually, I do not give a shit about Adam Sandler. I do not <laughs> care about him or his character or anything about him until he gets involved with Lucy, and then. And then we get this incredible transformation where he becomes actually quite a nice, decent guy, you know, yeah. compared to which, which I think we'll come to. But so I think start with Lucy, and I think this is the this is the heart of the movie, isn't it? She's the heart of the movie, and what happens to her, and the way that she unknowingly is living her life, and then later on, as she realizes what happens, I think it's just so much more compelling. And the first half of the movie pretty much ignores all of it. <laughs> <laughs> the first half of the movie is a lot of Rob Schneider getting bitten by sharks and Adam Sandler playing with a walrus and and that's that, it, and, really. that and, the, and the the woman to its to its detriment and like like you said I prefer your mix where you open with open with uh, Lucy the Lucy character and you have her day and maybe she meets Adam Sandler in the in the diner and they have breakfast and she thinks oh what you know oh that he's a really nice guy I really hope that I meet him again whatever um, and then we have that. But have it really early in the film. You have that like Groundhog Day thing where she wakes up, and she does the same thing, and we have the same scene, and you know we see the dad, and then she goes to have breakfast, and Adam Sandler turns up, and she doesn't know who he is, and then that's where you can derive your humor from. But like, it would be funnier from her point of view, of <clears> like, who the fuck is this guy? And everyone, you can, and you know, we the audience know that everyone else around her knows. But but she comes to the conclusion slower. Yes, I think that is just from a from a framing point of view. I think that just works so much, so much more 
Um, it's so much more interesting and compelling, you know, if you if almost you don't know what's going on, as along with along with her. Do you know, I think that's just such a better well, way of introducing. Instead, we get like a weird a weird montage of Adam Sandler scamming the what the dad and the woman who runs a diner by like stalking this woman because he's been told he can't go to the diner anymore, so he has to find out where she drives and like stalk her. Yeah, yeah. So we yeah, we get we get this um we get the the woman who owns the the the, the cafe who was her mum's best friend and vowed to always protect her except she pretty much lets this go on. Like the other guy has a bet, the other guy who works there has a bet with with Adam Sandler that he can't talk to her or whatever. And uh, Sue, the, the other one was like, "Yeah, it's fine. I'm not really going to get involved. I'm just, I'm going to look disapprovingly at you." There's but a I'm lot not... of, there's a lot of like, you can't shine a light on the thought processes of any of the characters involved in this. No, because because surely... like every one of them is a fucking sociopath. Surely she, she after because the first time she says, "Leave her alone." She's got a degenerative memory uh, problem. Like stop it, you know. And then, but after that, he just says, "Oh no, me and me and the other guy have got, I've got a, a deep, got something going on." Or, you know, he says something to, in, in a single line, to complete this armor. To which he's like, "Well, okay, I'm not really going to be, I'm not really going to be involved." And he's like, "What the fuck? You, this man is exploiting this woman." And yep. yes, she's pretty punchy. And yes, she like she fakes boyfriend, you know, fakes a boyfriend, and she says she can't speak English and all these other things, which is fun. But you it's are... a fun rejection of Sandler, but ultimately he gets what he wants, and I feel like that's the wrong message. Yes, and that um, is the bits that, that's the bits of the movie that I loved seeing in, in the first twenty five minutes or so was Adam Sandler failing. Just I love well, to like see that the, happen. Like basically, and I, this is the aspect of the film that really has a nugget of interest for me is it's a video game for Sandler. <laughs> it's a video game. He goes. She up to is his a video NPC, game. She's a video game. Oh, sorry. Um, no, but, like, I'm, he goes I'm, up no, to I'm, her, not, I'm not accusing he you. Knows, I'm saying... He has all the agency. He knows that she won't remember this conversation the next day. Oh, my God. So he knows that he can try to do this as many times as he likes. So he goes up to her and she's eating her breakfast. And the first time they meet, he kind of goes over and like helps her build a log, log cabin out of waffles. Who is playing with food and not eating it? I don't understand. Is, that, is not everyone a fat person? Anyway. Um, <laughs> and then the next day... He knows, again, he knows he doesn't remember. He goes up and he just starts touching her food and she's like, is it okay to touch people's food where you come from, you fucking freak? And, like, he's like, oh, well, that didn't work. But it's a video game. He's, like, trying different dialogue options. Yeah. It literally is. It's like, all right, oh, I'm going to save, save right, before I enter this again. room. Yeah. Damn it's, it, reload. But that's interesting. And I liked I liked, I liked, liked that series of, of events until he starts stalking her and it becomes a bit weird. Um, but that series of events was fun. Um, and I even like the turn where they're having a bad day, and we meet the dad and the brother, and and they have to show her the the the, the folder with all the crash stuff. Yeah, but because, like, how well, many times well, in a year have they had to do this? Yeah, it does. It does feel they do feel very pred. Let's talk about let's talk about the brother and the dad. Um, uh, what's who's who's the the brother's a dog, Austin. isn't it? Sean Austin That's and the dog, dad. Yeah. Who's the dad? The dad is played Blake, by Blake, Blake Clark. Clark, and his name's yeah. Marlin, but we don't get a lot of actual names. He's just no. like Lucy's dad. So their introduction, I think, is, again, Adam Sandler's doing his thing. That's fine. He's trying to assault this woman. 
and and I I I think when we get to there when we get to them and when we get to Drew you know Drew Barrymore as like an actual human being who's having to deal with some horrible shit I think this is where the movie really opens up for me I think yeah it takes about 40 minutes before we get there we get the weird thing with the Alexa with the German woman I don't even want to touch that I just I feel what like on earth I don't know what the movie's that? trying to do like it's playing with is it a man is it a woman like as if that's number one somehow a really important fact and number two what they're actually doing is just body shaming this individual yeah who's dressed like, up to look like you know it's just it's just so 2000 you know it's not even 2004 it feels like we're watching Ace Ventura or some shit do you know what I mean with that, those yeah. horrible scenes and that it's just it's so aggressive it's so aggressively homophobic transphobic gender the whole thing is <laughs> the whole is nine yards deeply unpleasant it's, uh, but but this is this something. is this this is we're still in the in the Rob Schneider portion of the movie at this point because you know. in this movie Sam every time you start to enjoy the movie right they put a Rob Schneider scene in <laughs> every time you forget that Rob Schneider's in this movie you have a fucking 12 minute scene of him doing this really really insensitive accent um and saying such hilarious things as I'm high yeah you know and it's just like get the fuck out of my movie Rob but go and get a real job but when we get to, when we get to the, the the family life, you know the, the the kind of Whitmore family life, this is actually I think where there is a really really um, a, a kind of strong movie here. I think there's a lot going on. You mentioned that scene where um, I think she ends up getting a parking ticket, doesn't she, Lucy, by a cop who doesn't know what's going on. No, she, she gets like a <clears throat> is a ticket, but it's for like expired tax discs. Right. Yeah. So, so, she, but she 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 thinks it's whatever month it is, and it's not. She sees an, a real newspaper, not the fake one that her dad gives her every day. And then they have this montage of her um, being told about everything, shown the stack of newspapers, shown um, you know pictures of the crash, told everything that's gone on, and she has. A mental breakdown you know and and it's and it's the as you say it's like the, the nonchalant way that the dad says you know dog we're having a bad day and they've kind of like they've got everything ready you know there's a horror there's a horror movie in this movie sam where like actually there's a really interesting story to be explored about the strain that this father and brother are under yeah, like which perpetuating which would, this lie because they think they're doing the right thing. Which would and there's just an interesting thing to be explored there that they don't really touch on too much because Adam Sandler just comes in and fixes it. Yeah, and 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 so yeah, before when we've got um, you know people have seen the film, but we've got all these different things that they're doing. We've got the the football game. They're watching the Vikings. Um, uh, uh, I love the eye. Ro- I love the eye rolling as well of like, oh, do you want to watch this movie that I got you for your birthday? And he's like, yeah, six yeah. Cents. They watched that movie. Over 350 times. Yeah. Over is- 350 times every day for a year. Can you imagine the psychological toll that would tell? Even the football game where he's like... Man, I would him- be putting a shotgun in my mouth, honestly. Yeah. Sean Austin correctly predicts almost word for word what the what the accommodator says, what's going to happen in the play. Uh, and he's like, wow, how did you, how did you manage that? That's amazing. Uh, you should be a coach, which I think is very funny. 
but once all that falls away we get this moment of like and it's it's actually quite horrific isn't it it's a real like um the kind of horror of of these 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 brain injuries you know and and when you look at there's real life examples of this um i think there's a man who uh clive wearing i think who he was is the like, um conductor the conductor who has something like a 20 second 20 or 30 second memory no i think it's longer than that no it is it's it's the 30 second clive was his name and that's obviously referenced in this movie with 10 second tom but we I mean, this, this is a real a real guy who um was a musician and i think he had um he had a herpes or some kind of virus that attacked his was it, was it like a complication of something else yeah yeah the and then and then he and then he um had total amnesia total amnesia where he couldn't form short-term or long-term memories and his memory lasts between seven and 30 seconds so in effect in effect every single day he wakes up every 20 20 or 30 seconds he wakes up every 20 or 30 seconds and restart his consciousness, and like it, this, this type, you know, it's absolutely. And he's been living with this for about forty years now. I, 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 there's no definitive thing as to whether he's passed or anything like that. No, he's eighty-two. He's eighty-two. Yeah. He's, he's apparently um, still alive. I was reading because it's very interesting uh, and quite horrible, really. But that he, he writes notes to himself, which is mm. um, so he has a diary and he'll write like, okay, so I'm awake now at a time, and then. And then when his memory resets, he'll think, well, I didn't write that. And he'll cross it out and he'll write, right, right now I'm awake. And do that all day. Yeah. And that's just like, wow, that's terrifying. <laughs> it really is. And I think I think you kind of, as a more general point about the movie, I think this is where, again, they kind of drop the ball because there's a lot of jokes about this. <laughs> Especially when we go to the later on, when we go to the the mental, the the, the brain um, clinic, and we 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 basically meet a person like this, who ten is second Tom. ten second Tom, who is seems rather cheery about the whole thing, you know. And every ten seconds, he's hi, nice to meet you. I'm Tom, and everyone shakes their hand, and it, they make a lot of good jokes out of it, you know. And it, I, I just think. You know, it kind of like there is elements of humor maybe in that, and it's it's kind of funny, but at the same time, you do think that they they really are dancing around the fact of of just how utterly terrifying this this would be. We mentioned it earlier. This was you know I think originally conceived as a drama, and then they they added comedy elements to it, and I think you could create a deeply deeply distressing dark movie. Um, yes, um, there's just another, there's another cut of this movie that's very upsetting, um, and it's kind of like a her memory loss is kind of a MacGuffin. Um, so I mean, in terms of the plot, we have established all of that, and and her memory loss being the like oh that's the obstacle which Adam Sandler has to surmount. Throughout the middle portion of this movie, they kind of just like don't really talk about the boat. It's just not mentioned, but it'll come back later. Um, so Adam Sandler makes this tape for her. Um, because it transpires that she, what is it? She only sings, she sings to herself, but only on days that she's met Adam Sandler. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, and that's not really important, but that's the reason that the dad says, "All right, well, you can come and you know, you can see it because she's happy or whatever." 
Um, so he makes this video and the idea being like, we're going to show her this video every morning. And it's kind of like, wow, that's even more terrifying than lying to her. Is waking up every morning without any memory of the day before and hearing the most horrible thing every single day. Yeah, it's, 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 I, I wasn't really sure what I would prefer if it was me. You know, would, would I want to live my life in... I'd prefer to have died in the car crash, I think, Sam, to be perfectly Probably, honest. but... But at least, at least in the first circumstance, the dad and brother, who I think must have been against medical advice, I don't think this would be a good, a good like medically advised thing to do to pretend that you're living the same day over and over again. Well, it should be noted, but it's important that that um, this these memory problems they don't they don't work like they do in this movie. It's not sleeping that that you know you wouldn't you this you would doesn't exist. There's been a few people claim, but never um, clinically proven that you could have, you know, a between when you get up and go to sleep memory. Um, yeah. Because it's like too long a period of time for your brain not to have stored memories, mm-hmm. essentially. Um, so it's important to note that like, this couldn't really happen, as far as we know, in the real world. Yeah, there are there are a couple of cases, I think, that, that have, you know, that resemble it. It's close, but yeah, not necessarily. But I, I, I just, I'm not sure... I'm not sure what I prefer to have to wake up every day and to live my life in repeat but not be aware of it or to watch this horrible video where... I think it depends on the day, Sam. And then you find out that Adam Sandler's your boyfriend. Oh, God! <laughs> Jesus Christ! Like <laughs> She even says, doesn't she? I, I, or does he say, like, uh, yeah, I know, I wish I was better looking too or something. There's, there is a bit of levity, like, yeah. There was a little bit of a joke that I, I did like, like, oh yeah, actually, yeah, I would be disappointed if I woke mm-hmm. up and Adam Sandler was my boyfriend. But as like, so yeah, we've got the, the first half of this very, very coarse, kind of dull movie. Like, I don't, we, we didn't laugh at all when we were watching it. Like, it wasn't like rude. <laughs> I laughed a couple of times. I laughed at the beginning when he jumps on the jet ski. I don't know why, just like him hurting his balls. balls. <laughs> and it's just funny, you know? I just. I, you know what I mean? If I don't find a joke about testicles funny, then take me outside and shoot me, you know? Um, and he gets on the jet ski and he goes, <laughs> and he goes, I'll give you 20 bucks if you drop me off at the next marina. Um, it got a laugh out of me. And then by the end of the movie, I'd hate myself. I was laughing at Sean Astin's lines. Like, I, I don't know why. They just keep saying wet dream and I keep laughing. <laughs> yes. I, just, I just can't help myself. To be and fair, Dan, I think... Dan Ackroyd says to him, he says, um, what you should do is, um, is buy a T-shirt without any holes in it because he's wearing these mesh tank tops throughout the entire movie. I just, I don't know why. I, I love it. And um, and stop taking... Because <laughs> what's he say? Get off the juice. Get off um, the juice. Buy, buy, some t- buy some shirts without holes in them. <laughs> Go out. I do, I do want to come back to Adam Sandler, but let's Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd in movies that he's not like invested in, you know, not not but not Ghostbusters and what. He's fucking great, isn't he? Dan Aykroyd is the ultimate like sketch comedian. I think he, he is just he is just so funny. The the bit where he says, <laughs> where he says, I know a fact about walruses, and it's just, they've got the second largest penis, which is you know a reference we've already heard. Yeah. Um, in in natural world, and he goes, and the the first largest is me. <laughs> Adam Sandler goes, oh yeah, that's, that's my joke. Uh, Which I yeah. think I, I I must imagine that that Aykroyd was like, you know, just they would just let him do his thing, and they they filmed the. Like best I said, he's he's the ultimate, and he is good in this. Like, but he's the ultimate sketch comedian. He, he's great at turning yeah. up to do like a a twenty minute role in a movie. 
he actually grounds it quite well, I think, in this. I think he does a really good job of, like, selling all of the um, uh, medical stuff, you know, and, like, you, you, you believe what's going on and you think, right, that's it's all consistent and makes sense, I think, because he does a well, quite a good job. Well, you think about Dan Aykroyd and the things that he's in, he's the straight man, you know? Yeah. Like, um, you know, Spies Like Us, he's the straight man to Chevy Chase's, uh, you know, idiot. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, Ghostbusters, he's the straight man, he's the the down-to-earth, more sensible one mm-hmm. to Bill Murray. Yeah. And in this, he's the the straight man who's there to sell this made-up medical stuff and this horrible, horrible institution full of people who can't remember things um, that looks like absolute hell itself um, but it's played for laughs. Yeah, yeah, memory loss. So let's let's talk about the turn then because we've had we've had the coarse womanizer at the start. We've had him and Rob Reiner... Rob Reiner... Rob Reiner. I apologize, Rob, Rob Reiner. Reiner. Please, God, Rob Reiner. <laughs> Rob Reiner, he's there we go. Uh Rob Schneider doing their broy bro McBro bro thing. And and then we get, as you say, Sandler gets pulled into the family and quicker than I think he's earned, becomes really quite invested in in like trying to support Drew Barrymore's. It's one of those tricky things, Samuel. Like it's never, re- it's never really clear to us how long has elapsed. Do you know what I mean? Like the beauty yeah. of your montages, it could have been months since. But I, I just don't. I just. I never really. You know, I never really actually soul uh, understood why Samuel cared. Why did he care? Like this woman is is Drew Barrymore. She's very pretty. She's very nice and she's funny. And you know, they've had one conversation. Maybe they've had the same conversation a few times, but effectively they've just sat down at breakfast and, um, you know, they've done the silly things on the highway and all that stuff. Like, why does he care so much about this character and and what she's going through? I don't think the movie ever, ever sold it. And then what makes it worse, it'd be different if it was just like, oh, yeah, he goes in there and he's being a bit of a dickhead. What makes it worse is that towards the end of the film... And the last, the last third of the movie, definitely, he is an incredibly devoted and kind-hearted and sweet uh, partner to this to this woman who has a horrible disability. Like he is, he deals with having to basically live one, you know, one day at a time, having to explain it, the videos, all this stuff that he does to try and support Drew Barrymore in her. I mean, you say recovery. It's not, I guess, maybe an element of recovery, but the whole thing, and and the film kind of gets a little bit more serious and tries to ground itself after being, you know, flailing its arms around and just vomiting everywhere for the first, <laughs> the first half. Like hour. you said, it's, it's, it's many many films have this issue, but there's a tonal problem where like tonal. this is a comedy. And therefore, there's quite a lot of comedy. Not a lot of it's very funny, but there is a lot of comedy. Um, and again, I think the biggest problem is that we don't get enough of the Drew Barrymore character. We don't get enough of Lucy. We don't get enough of, like... Basically, we are given... the served up a shit sandwich, which is that Adam Sandler's full and madly in love with this woman who we've met for three scenes. Yeah. Whereas, um, as we said, if we, in terms of fixes, you like, make it about show, her. don't tell... You know, do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's fine to have that and to have the second half of the movie be like, you know, very similar if Rob Schneider was taken outside and shot. Um, but have it be very similar. But in the first half, you kind of need to like pack it into like the things where 
you maybe need, again, get Rob Schneider out of here, like a friend that Adam Sandler can talk to who isn't a walrus, who isn't a <laughs> a repository for transgender jokes, and who isn't Rob Schneider. You kind of need, like... I hate myself for saying it. You need Kevin James in this movie. Oh, yes. You need Kevin James to be, like... He's a lifeguard. He works at the zoo with Adam Sandler, and they have a beer together. And you can have Adam Sandler be like, oh, Kevin James, I just... You know, I... I really, there's something about this girl. I just can't stop thinking about her. And you need a scene where Adam Sandler says that, where he says, I just can't get her out of my head. There's just something about her and like I just want to spend all of my time with her. You kind of need that admission of love to a neutral party that you can't have with Rob Schneider because he's such a caricature. I'm going to give my admission to, of love to you, Dave, because I think that's an absolutely wonderful fix for this film. Because Kevin James could sell that as well. Like, as much as we... You know the whole crew. I think Kevin James is probably the most talented of them all in that he is you able. You need somebody to... who you can believe Adam Sandler would be friends with, and Rob Schneider in really, really um, thoughtless ethnic makeup, like the I... bit when he's, oh my God, the bit when he's covered in the in the leaves, like whatever <laughs> native Hawaiian outfit that he's wearing. <sighs> behind him, behind him are a bunch of musicians who are playing, you know, again, Hawaiian kind of native music. And you think, these people, these these poor people who were sat there, who are paid to turn up and play music, have to watch this absolute idiot, like, just completely uh, uh, debase their their, yeah. their culture and heritage. But it's distracting. It means you can't have a serious scene with him because you've established that this character is... It's not a, he's a caricature... He's and the worst so, person in the world. Yeah. like, you can't have that bar scene, which, in itself, if if it did have that, we would be complaining about for being lazy and trite. But like, in in terms of ways to make you believe the arc of this character, that's that's kind of what you need, you know? Yeah, and even have then Kevin James actually trying to help out because, like, the 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 the, the Rob Schneider character does nothing really to support, you know, him in terms of like helping with the. I mean, he's in yeah, he's in the costume, isn't he? I did get a laugh out of Drew Barrymore chasing him and beating him with a baseball bat. That also made me laugh. Oh, that oh, that was great. That was the best part of the film. <laughs> just, just something about Rob Schneider getting other than the shit dressing kicked up out of him. As Drew Barrymore in the wig and the, you know rubbing his nipples, which I do not, I just don't think that is a good thing. Other than that, there's nothing really for him to do either in terms of supporting. Do you reckon, um, Sam, that um, Rob Schneider just turns up on set in a costume he's picked? Yeah, it just it just happened to be Hawaii, <laughs> like because he's got this glass eye and this goatee, and oh, he looks repulsive, doesn't he? <laughs> he's always wearing like really short shorts and nothing else, and it's like who who is responsible for that? Because no one else in this movie is dressed like that. No, I just I feel like it's a a Rob Schneider clause. He'll just turn up in a costume. There'll be a racist component, and you just have to cope with it. I, I think originally this was <clears throat> supposed to be set in Seattle. Um, and and to be fair to Sandler, I think he's quite a good producer. Like he was, his production company was involved in this. I think he he's good at getting funding in place and getting people on board. He's yeah, because you know. he got Pete Segal on as a director who he worked on uh, with anger management. Like I think directing in this is is fine. I, I, it doesn't really get in the way, I suppose. And you know, obviously you failed on Rob Schneider, but that's fine. The scenes that work work though. Yeah, but I think like 
so he he he, he um Sandler got the production move to Hawaii which I think is a good choice I think it's a really like uh, definitive part of the film that we haven't really Hawaii, mentioned that you know? um, yeah some of the shots are beautiful and and um, I think Ross has said he thought a lot of it was CGI just because you just wouldn't expect a movie of this caliber to be filmed on location no no because it's, I think I mean movie of this caliber though this had a budget of seventy five million dollars and made just under 200 so like i mean people know what they're doing i suppose don't they you know i mean yeah as a as a rule i think this is a happy madison production which is adam sandler's production company yeah, yeah. um and and like as a rule all of his movies have people turn up for it like we can sit and say that this movie's bad and we don't like rob schneider and everything else but like we're really like especially well i suppose in 2021 it's different but at the time, we're definitely in a minority. These movies make a bank. People turn mean, out for Adam Sandler. You mean uh, us as two nerds on the internet might be wrong? No, Dave. No. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't undermine our entire psyche. And it's been a rough kind of year. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's astounding how much money this film made. Yeah. Um. So should but, we kind of like talk about the actual ending, which we haven't mentioned because there's yeah, some problematic so there's, stuff there. There's the bit of when she tells him she tells him to go away, and then. For, to, starting with, I think the point when the dad gives him the Beach Boys c- CD, he then somehow conflates that. This got a laugh out of me. Well, well, he he somehow conflates the dad giving him the Beach Boys CD, which has um, "Wouldn't it be nice if we were there?" Well, well it has it's, that a, it's a callback to. It's a very lazy one, but the dad says, um, or sorry, Drew Barrymore tells Adam Sandler later earlier on that um, that her dad, she always used to make her dad take the the the, the Beach Boys CD with him when he went because he's a fisherman when he went out, and he said, and she said because it made him want to come home quicker because it's a song him uh, the 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 mother and the father shared, and so Adam Sandler. Um, thinks that like the dad gave it to with him to tell him that like, you know, I'll go back to her, which is it's very unclear, but that's the thing. It's yeah, it's but, been established it's in the, leap, the movie. It's the leap he makes between the dad like giving him some hidden message that steep that he, um, that, that sorry that Lucy still remembers. The dad um, character who's had no tact up until this point. Yes, like absolutely. I just think why didn't he just tell her? Why didn't you? Sorry, my bloody pronouns. Why didn't he just tell Adam Sandler? Why didn't the dad just tell Adam Sandler? Like, By the way, she's drawing a fuckload of pictures of you in her in her sleep. So you might want to go back. Like the whole. But anyway, so that's a small plot hole. But anyway, the whole re being reunited and him, you know, coming back and realizing that actually she does remember him is really nice. And I think it kind of makes sense. And and. Then we skip ahead to her waking up and she watches like a really super condensed I have a version. list of problems I have with this scene that go on. Well, I'll, I'll lay it out. She watches this really super condensed version of the um, of the tape, which is kind of like, hi, your name's Lucy and uh, you had a car crash. Middle, middle, middle. Want to come outside? And you're middle, like, middle, middle. We fuck. Okay. Okay, that's great. Comes outside. And then she meets, and this actually got me because I, you know, because I'm a parent and blah blah blah. Weak, got you. Yeah, she meets her daughter 
for the first time that day. The daughter must be about four. And that is like a moment of like, of like, oh, it's kind of nice because she realises quite quickly what's going on, but also how deeply, deeply terrifying, <laughs> deeply terrifying that would be, you know, yeah. as a parent. And, um, and, and, and also, and she, Drew Barrymore mentions this earlier on, like, what's going to happen when I wake up and I've got a massive fucking pregnant belly? You know, for nine well, the movie cleverly doesn't terrifying. show us that, Sam. Presumably, she was just sedated for the entire pregnancy. It's terrifying. Terrifying. It's terrifying. Um, so, and, and, my list well, of do, problems with this with this scene. Right, go on. Number one, they're in the Arctic or the Antarctic. I'm not going to pretend like I know where walruses live. Um, they're in a cold north or south place. Um, in this yacht, which he built in Hawaii, and is it insulated? somehow because um, she's warm inside and then she puts on a coat you don't really just put on a coat in the poles <laughs> okay. um, there was a whole like arctic exploration thing lots of people froze to death um, how is the dad there why is the dad there is there space on the boat for him how did he get there they're just anchored in a bay um, and this is all just like physically like what anyway um, I think the dad's there because she needs to know. She needs to have a face that she recognises when she wakes up. Does Drew um, Barrymore sleep alone? Does she? Because what if she wakes up in the bed and there's a child and Adam Sandler there? If I woke up in a bed with a child and a man who I did not know, <laughs> I don't even know what I think. But I would, I would certainly <laughs> then run outside and fall off the boat into the Arctic. I hope you'd think mm, I've got a good thing going on. I'm just going to go back to sleep. <laughs> As long as the man's better looking than Adam Sandler, I mean, I might get on board with it, but... <laughs> he won't be, he won't be. <laughs> Jesus, wow, <laughs> cut me to my core. Um, ultimately, but... though, I think that there is quite a lot of the... the, the what's the word? Um, the general theme of this last scene, I think, is quite sweet. It is sweet, it is sweet. And actually, I think they do a good job of, <clears throat> of like, wrapping up all of the questions and and and, and kind of thoughts you might have about this and then i think you turn the film off and the music goes away and you start to that's when i just spend the whole time going oh my god but what happens on the days where she has a mental meltdown and that poor child has to be like screamed and rejected at by her mum? you know like oh how did that how does that even happen what happens when as you say they wake up in the same or she wakes up in the night and she needs for a pee and she has no idea what's going on. There's a man, just... he's broken into my room. I'm on a boat, what's happening? I've been kidnapped. Exactly, exactly. And there's no way there's no way out, you know. So there's all these things. And I think, I think what it comes down to, it comes down to like the original sin of the movie, which is that they never really considered or took seriously these concerns. And so rather than getting like a you know, a really, really deep insight into um, brain injuries or on the opposite end a stupid throwaway Rob Schneider comedy we get like the merging of these two movies that just slammed into each other you know like we, we, we get the, the raucous coarse shit at the start and the sweet nice thoughtful like what do we do about this slammed together and then it leaves kind of no one happy do you know what I mean that's that's the overall and output of this is like, well, that was just dissatisfying on all fronts. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, it's just it's, not. It's ultimately like, it's just not a full meal, is it? Like, there are bits to enjoy, but ultimately you're just left being like, well, what if they'd done? And what if they'd done? 
And what if Rob Schneider wasn't in it? I really think that would have fixed the film like so quickly and so immeasurably. It's just we, like, we, we've joked get rid of it. Rob Schneider and get Kevin James in there. You've still got an, a Sandler super friend in there. Yep. Like, you've still contractually <laughs> met Adam Sandler's like demands. Wants six bowls of Skittles, all red, and he wants at least one Adam Sandler super friend in the film for 30% of it. We've we've um we, we've joked about this, but I, I honestly think that fix of just removing Adam uh, Rob Schneider literally just cut out the scenes that he's in. <laughs> like I don't I don't even think you need. To, I think they can even talk about the character and have him. But as soon as he's in a scene, <laughs> just just cut just cut out his lines. In fact, if I had more time, I would do that. I honestly would do that just so we could see what that was I, like. I really think there's a better movie here just just by not having him in it. Because when I was watching it, like I said. I'd be carried along with the movie because I think it is competently made, largely, um, and competently shot and, and everything like that and, and in all the ways that a movie, you know you don't notice a movie does properly most of the time. And so you find yourself being swept up in the other scenes with the, you know Drew Barrymore and her family and Adam Sandler. And then you either have The Walrus, which I'm also not keen on, or you have, or you have his co-worker, or you have Rob Schneider, and it's kind of like... It's like, oh, people are going to be getting too into this plot and too weepy. We better yeah. have a joke about weed. <laughs> because it's 2004. Weed, <laughs> weed, weed. Um, but yeah, ultimately, well, I think this this is a, just a frustrating movie um, in a lot of ways. Uh, I, I like a lot of aspects of it. And I still like Drew Barrymore. And I still think Adam Sandler is a decent actor. He's certainly above the cage line. Um <laughs> As it were, um, I'm still working on my um, on my spectrum of actors, where Nick Cage is somehow at both ends. It's it's very complicated, but <laughs> I think Sandler the cage the cage continuum. I That's think Sandler is. is is solidly like he's both above and below um, Cage on the continuum, as everyone is. It's um, like you know, you know, it's like a black hole. You know, when you go near yeah. it, and it all starts to depending on your perspective and your velocity, it's all going to get very very weird. Yeah, um, yeah, but. Um, and I will let you speak in a minute, Sam. But I will say to our audience, I have a slight recommend. A slight recommend. If you want to watch Adam Sandler, like actually really knocking it out of the park, acting, acting, <laughs> um, watch Uncut Gems on Netflix. It's a bit like having a panic attack for an hour and a half, but it's really, really good. Well, there we go. There's a there's a recommendation. I Don't won't be following watch up anytime movie. soon. Um, so I guess, Sam, let's get the fuck out of here, man. We've all got places <laughs> let's to do be. It. Let's do it, and we will be back um, next next week with another movie. Uh, hopefully, it's better than this, but uh, no guarantees, <laughs> no promises. And um, hopefully, our good friend Ross will be returning from his um, mission to assassinate Rob Schneider. <laughs> God's work, Ross. God's work. <laughs> God's work. Goodbye. See ya.